What's up, everybody? This is Dave from the Mile High Podcast. I know the world's been turned upside down because of the coronavirus, and I hope that we're able to help alleviate some of that sheer boredom that I'm sure you're experiencing right now. But remember, there are millions of people that are now out of work, especially in the restaurant industry as well as the performing arts industry. So make sure that you guys are calling out for takeout to your local restaurants. The chain restaurants are fine. Uh, They don't need your money, but it's the mom and pop shops that are really struggling right now. So make sure that you're calling up those local restaurants and you're using Uber Eats and DoorDash and all that. and help support, support those restaurant workers and those restaurant companies. And then also make sure that you're following all your favorite musicians on Facebook because they're trying to find some way to bring you some entertainment just as we are. So without further ado, the Mile High Podcast. Welcome to the Mile High Podcast. We are your guides through sordid tales of pop culture, drugs, and saying the word fuck a lot. Our show is best experienced under the influence of cannabis. So now is your cue to light up. Now remember, drugs are dangerous, so please don't hurt yourself or your loved ones. But do subscribe. Good morning, everybody. This is James Thomas with the Mile High Podcast. With me, as always, is my buddy Dave. Dave, what's up, man? How's it going, James? It is going good. We are in a weird situation because, as you heard, it is literally me and Dave right now. And the audio, although it, I'm sure it sounds wonderful, is a little different because we are doing this super-duper old-school style. Instead of being in the same location and recording off the same microphone, Dave and I are over phones and doing it over the phone. This is kind of weird, man. I usually like to play off of like uh, seeing you guys and uh, hanging out, and I think that's where we really get our conversations going. Is when we're. I think so. I agree. I think so too. I think. I think the ability. I think there's something to be said about the ability to look at someone else when you're doing this, because this to me. I mean, I, I did the the greatest talk show for years on uh, TGTS station, and this is how we did it. You know what I mean? So for me, this is very normal to a degree, but I feel like it's a far lesser. Way to do it, and it's more tricky because you notice Nancy isn't here, Chris isn't here, Santori isn't here. When we do the next show, we're gonna try to get the video. We're gonna try to do it through computers. Everybody remotely, we might have more access of people, but we wanted to get a show out, so we went with the phones. And I think it's gonna be an interesting concept of how it sounds over the phone. You used to do phones for Captain Redbeard, but uh, it was pretty much just you at that time. Yeah, I was terrible. The my Learn Me Science podcast were pretty terrible because i didn't know what the fuck i was doing and i was talking to myself which is really really tough i hate talking to myself it does go go a little crazy when you talk to yourself i've had to do that before where uh when there were shows back when we when i did the old show on the other network some no you know the other co-host was busy and nobody ever called in so you know doing an hour show as i'm sure you know by yourself it gets exhausting. You're not sure if anybody's listening to you. You know, you're. It's it. It literally makes you feel a little crazy. Yeah, um, but I I think we have really good stuff planned for the day. So even though it's kind of weird, you know, once we uh, start smoking a little bit and uh, we start getting into some of that pop culture conversation, it'll come back to normal. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we do have some interesting things to plan for today to start off with, and we can go straight into it. I mean, we, we're, we're all locked down. Everybody understands why we're locked down, because we're dealing with the coronavirus right now. We're going to address that a little later in the show. We don't have coronavirus, but the world is dealing with the coronavirus right now. Yeah, we're being socially uh, responsible right now. Yeah, yeah. We're doing our best to uh, social distance, and i got to say from Colorado, I think, and most of America, we probably should have started it earlier, but I actually think people are taking the social distancing really seriously. You see videos of New York and having lived in Jersey and spent many, many, many a times in New York as it was 10 minutes away. Seeing empty Times Square never ceases to amaze me. Yeah, and uh, Colorado joined a bunch of other states and went on full lockdown this week. Except for yeah. folks like me who are considered essential services. Right. Right. You and, and dispensaries. Yeah. <laughs> so, for folks that aren't in Colorado, um, our governor first declared that liquor stores and dispensaries were not considered essential services. And there was such a outcry that within three hours they reversed that decision. And dispensaries are now considered essential services, which I completely agree with. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. But they do curbside pickup now, which I thought would be inconvenient, but it was I actually did it about three days ago, and it was super convenient. You know, I ordered it online. I went up there. The biggest thing is at Agati, which is where I got my weed, they didn't initially put my discount in, so... With my discount, I get an ounce for about one sixty, and I pulled up there, and they're like two forty. I was like, "Yo, yo, yo, no, man, <laughs> go back and recalculate that <laughs> number because I'm not paying two forty. Even in the coronavirus, James is still a baller on a budget. Hell yeah, man! I don't mess around with that small thing. Yeah, so well, I. Oh, I was gonna say, man, I'm having real tough time buying weed right now because. My dog ate my fucking driver's license, and everything's closed up. I can't order it online, and I can't go to the DMV because it's all closed up. So I am fucked. Either that, or I have to send my wife to go buy my weed, and she doesn't like that shit. That's crazy. Yeah, weird, t- bad time to have a fucked up driver's license. So, oh, so you're just kind of locked out. You're going to have to go an old school way. You're going to have to deal with like a... A middleman, a dealer. Yeah, my my wife is the middleman and dealer, both. I made her go and buy me an ounce because uh, I knew it was going to be a long lockdown, and uh, she uh, reluctantly agreed to do it, but uh, hopefully I don't smoke too much and make her do it again. Right. But what else are you right. going to do on yeah. lockdown but smoke weed? Huh. Yeah, I don't drink at my house, so weed is my only... Uh... Yeah, I don't drink much either. Yeah, I don't drink much at all. Yeah. I'm a weed guy. Yeah, let, Do you find yeah, that? Yeah, me too. I'd rather be out if I was going to drink. Yeah, and I was, I'm actually going to ask you that. Like, Since you've started smoking more weed, man, how has your liquor consumption gone down? Because like, I barely drink at all. Well, so my house, relatively, through my wife and I's whole relationship, has for the most part been a dry house because... Drinking is not the top of our list. We've always been bigger preferers of weed. And even when we lived in different states where it was harder to get, we didn't necessarily offset it with alcohol. So I would say what's affected our drinking more than anything is the fact that 
the world is closed down because drinking is such an outside social thing. Where weed is an inside social thing, and we like to have people around and do it, our drinking we've always mostly done outside of the house. Yeah, and even when we go out, we don't really drink. We have maybe a drink every once in a while, but yeah. definitely not drinkers by any means. Weed is my preferred source of escape. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, it's definitely my preferred go-to on that. And when I escape, I like to watch things. Have you been watching? Even though you're working, are you still watching a shit ton of things during the lockdown? I am because, uh, like, my kid doesn't have school right now. We don't have any kind of outside activities that we're doing. Right. So, yeah, I've actually been watching quite a bit of stuff. And the, the cool thing is, like, a bunch of shit is dropping because uh, all these entertainment companies know that they have a captive audience. And so they're like, let's ship out everything that we can that's ready to go, and let's right. start getting some huge numbers. And that, there's some great stuff that's been dropping. I'm, I'm really looking forward to... Uh... And the first week of April onward is coming straight to Disney Plus. Yeah, so yeah, I'm jacked for that. I'm, I'm excited about seeing that. Yeah, we watch Frozen two because Disney dropped it into Disney Plus early. So, and we really enjoy that. And onwards coming out, um, Star Wars is available for rent coming up on Tuesday, which I really enjoyed, but my wife didn't see it. So I'm not going to pay twenty bucks to buy it, but you know, five bucks, and it comes out three months early. Then you know, have my fucking money. Right, right. For a $5 rental, why not? Why not check it out one more time? Well, I have a lot of people in my house right now, so it's actually hard to watch things continuously. There have been a couple days, like the other day when Mel and I tried to watch Survivor, it probably took us like two and a half hours to watch an hour episode of Survivor. And we were on episode two of uh, Tiger King, and it took us about two and a half hours to get through that episode as well. Because everybody, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a house. Everybody wants to talk. Everybody wants to communicate and everything. So, And it's so funny with being locked in. It's not like, you know, our kids and family members aren't here all the other times. because the, But since they can't go out at all, there's this inclination of human interaction. And we are the closest humans. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's definitely forcing uh, people to really communicate with their families because there's nothing else that they can do. Right. So you mentioned Tiger that, King. Mal and I did a uh, relationship show. Oh, so yeah, talk about that. on the Malai podcast page and check it out because we talk all about how weird it is now to communicate and spend so much time with your families. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that because uh, we're getting a lot of, of response from that. So uh, that's been huge. Yeah, so with Nancy not being able to remotely call in and everything, we haven't had a lot of women's voices. It's been Dave and I in front of the video a lot. So I finally convinced my wife, Melody, to get in front of the camera and, you know, do some recording. And we did a relationship show, and it's called Surviving Your Spouse, uh, Relationships, and Lockdown. And it's just us talking about, like, the things that you should be doing and looking at in your relationships to survive through this lockdown in a sane way, because I had read an article, but gave me the ideas. I read an article on CNN about, you know, bad relationships are bad through this and it makes it even tougher. But they said even good relationships, this is not 
the easiest thing to make it through because we're just not used to spending that much time with each other anymore. You know, most couples aren't. Yeah, I spend more time at work than I do at home. And so my wife and I, we see each other, I don't know, maybe three hours a day. But now it's like, you know, with our kid not being in school and where work is all fucked up, we're like, you know, in each other's presence for multiple, multiple hours. And the good thing is that, you know, we like each other. We like hanging out and we make each other laugh. Um, Laughter is super important to get through this. So if you're not funny, I really... Really fucking don't envy your situation, but luckily James and I are super funny, so we make the time go by. Yeah, it'd be tough to live with an Eeyore at the moment, where everything was like, oh man, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That would be a tough, that was your spouse, but you know, you knew that before you got stuck in the coronavirus with them. <laughs> so, what have you been watching, Dave, over this, now that you've been locked down? What, what's your big shout outs for, like, shows? Alright, so, uh, I've been, oddly enough, you and I had kind of, uh, have been watching the same stuff, so this will be a good conversation. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I've been watching this crazy fucking show on Netflix called Tiger King about uh, this tiger, this guy who owns a whole zoo of tigers and he breeds them and he has this like little roadside show and he is arrested for this murder for hire plot against a lady who is against him trying to raise all these tigers and profit off of them. But that's just the outside. There are so many weird fucking twists and turns on this show. So many unbelievable characters. And the fact that it's all true just makes the show even that much more incredible. Um, and I, so, I recommended you to watch it. So what do you think about it? So what I'll say is I got up to the episode where um, Joe is in danger of... He's having to pay all, all all the lawsuits, and that weird. And we just got introduced to some weird guy and his wife, who are swingers and who seem crazy. So I don't know who those people are. So I I know the original three. I know Joe, Doc, and uh, Carol, crazy lady from the Big Cat Preserve. Yeah, Carol. I think it's weird. Yeah, like, it's a weird fucking I, show, isn't it? It is. I, I I will say that the one of the first lines spoken in the entire show where that guy was talking about like exotic people are strange you know monkey people are different and you know bird people are different but fucking cat people are the shittiest people on earth big cat people this show really does it like there's not a single person at least up to the episodes that i'm going through that i think is a good person i don't think the big cat rescue lady is a good person i think she probably killed her husband spoilers Uh, yeah i definitely think doc is an asshole i think he's the biggest asshole of all of them and we know joe hired somebody to try to kill this woman and i still think that doc's the biggest asshole out of all of them so i i yeah man i think it's Netflix is good when they decide to do crazy documentaries. They do really good crazy documentaries. Yeah, and uh, I've been following the story for a couple of years now because one of the podcasts that I listen to religiously has picked up on the story a couple of years ago. And so um, I kind of feel like, oh, I already know the story, but then Netflix exposed all these other layers that I didn't know from this podcast I was listening to. Um, like the whole uh, Carol probably fed her husband to the tigers thing. Or that uh, uh, Doc Ansel fucking is 
indenturing, serventing his mini harem of wives. Uh, like, right. I didn't know all that shit. Like, you're right. The, the guy who the show is about, who tried to hire to have someone killed, is like the most sympathetic person there. He's like, um, him giving jobs to felons and treating him well. And uh, he's a weird fucking dude for sure, but he's like the most sympathetic right. person in the show. Right, he's not a, he's not a good person by any means, but if we have, on level of sympathetic, he's on the end of the of the sympathetic character of the show because of just how crazy evil everybody else is. Yeah, no, you had recommended it, and it's really this been this push on social media, and so I actually don't think the first episode everybody makes a big deal about you know oh you get sucked in. I did not think the first episode. The first episode is neat, but it did not have the sucked-in quality of every single other episode. I mean, the second episode starts with somebody getting their arm taken off by a tiger. So that's pretty much what runs it. You know what I mean? Like the first episode was good, and if you didn't know it was going to get as crazy as it is after the first episode, you wouldn't think it would. You you would feel very normal documentary-ish. But the very first three minutes of the second episode really just sets off a constant momentum of just stupid, crazy shit. Yeah, and what a crazy story that was. The um, the lady could have gone through years of rehab to fix her arm, or she would have had it amputated, and she could have gone right back to work. So she amputated her arm and then was back to work five days later. Like, how crazy is that right. shit? Right. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane, but there, that's, you know... People must love those cats. And that's what everybody, you know, that, that's what you notice throughout the whole thing is that, like, why do you do that? Because I got to play with cats, you know, the cats that people aren't supposed to play with. It's a huge thing. It's much bigger than I expected it ever to be. Yeah, I had no idea. I love, and I love learning uh, and watching these documentaries and learning something that I didn't know before. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think Netflix does really good documentaries. There's another one called The Keepers, and it's about uh, this nun who got murdered in Pennsylvania, uh, like in the 1950s. And it's a fascinating thing. Netflix does good documentaries. Yeah, I agree. Um, So the other show I'm watching was actually a recommendation from you. And uh, I've been binging the hell out of it last night and today just in preparation for the show. But... Uh, show I also been watching is High Fidelity, man. So, what a great fucking show! Oh, High Fidelity is wonderful. Did I, and you watch the original movie? Right? Yeah, I love the movie. Little did I know it's actually based off of a book. Which you know, shame on me for not knowing that. But um, I love the John Cusack movie, and this show is just different enough um, that you get something new, but it's also similar enough to where you can see. Um, John Cusack and Jack Black um, talking back and forth, but then it's also different enough um, that y- you get something new out of it. Right. Right. And I think Zoe Kravitz is doing an amazing job. Oh, absolutely. I think she, I think she plays the John Cusack. She is playing it the way John Cusack played it. Yeah, and you don't kind of expect that. And it's she might be doing what John Cusack did, but yeah, she's so unique and such a different voice that... Um, it gives a whole new life to that character. Yeah, to, to, to all the stories that have been done, you know, to the same way that Cusack, she's telling the story the way Cusack would, but it gives a different feel to it. And I love the fact that her mom was in the original movie. 
Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, she's one of the. Uh, she's the e, the Liam part. Yeah, she's the Liam part. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, no, I love the. Was, yeah, I was gonna say, man, I really love the the supporting cast as well. Like, I love Jack Black. And he's that was one of his uh, roles that I think was the best. Um, but the characters that they have working in the record store are really great. Um, I wish I knew the um, Charisse's real name in real life because I saw her in Dolomite Is My Name, and she was okay. unbelievable in that. And if you haven't seen that movie, you got to see that movie. But um, she was great in that, and she's great in this as well. I want to check it out. Yeah, no, I've been really impressed by their the co uh, or the other characters in the. The co-stars in there too, and it's funny because I don't know who they are. You know what I mean? They're I think you know Clyde. I know you know who out. Clyde is. Do you know where you know Clyde from? Where he was Pete in the office. Oh, yeah. See, I had okay. that same moment. Like I know this fucking guy, and then I, you know, IMDb is such a great tool. Like, holy shit, that's Pete from the office. That's funny. That's funny. And now that you say it, I see it. You know what I mean? I know you say it. I'm like, oh, of course. How did I not know that? And he's a great character, so, and their relationship is really well done. So I, I think the whole show is just really great. Yeah, I definitely think it's. I, I think it's uh, a really good show. I've been watching some basic things. You know, I've watched. Uh, I watch my Survivor because I love my Survivor. Uh, but really, it's been trying to stream continuous or. Continual shows or movies. I took, you know, I'm taking times to watch movies that I haven't watched before, and we should have this little debate. I liked your Booksmart movie, but I think you oversold it as being a the greatest comedy that's happening right now. Well, it it was my favorite comedy of last year, so uh, I think they took that whole let's. That's uh, the night before the graduation, um, high school coming of age tale, and I think it was so well written and so well directed that kind of like High Fidelity, where it's the same story but told in a different way, and it made it fresh and new and funny, and the relationship between the two girls, like when you see those coming of age tales, everybody is always like giving each other shit and demeaning one another in. In order, in order to get some jokes, but their relationship is so genuine, and they genuinely care about each other um, that uh, it, ta- it gave a fresh perspective on the story. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can see that. I, 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 I guess because what I did is it was so good as far as the that last night movie is concerned. I didn't look at it as a unique thing. I just coupled it in with other ones that I consider great versions of that. I like uh, Never Been Kissed is one of my favorites in that version. Um, and uh, Super Bad, uh, another good one. So I just put it right in there with that. It was a, it's definitely in the top of like that specific kind of movie. But I feel like there are other people who have done it better. But I, I see your argument about the, the girls' relationships throughout the movie. The most impressive thing is the way they treated the lesbian girl as just a person and you and i growing up in the 90s knows that is not what you would see on television no gay people movies it was not just a story it was a special story yeah like and gay people were very much a stereotyped in 
the stuff that we were watching growing up. And then now we're at a point where somebody is just gay and especially you don't see like a lot of gay high school kids, especially lesbians. Um, like, you know, you, every, every once in a while you have the, the token gay kid in the, um, high school movies, but you know, her coming to age and learning what it means to be gay. Um, and then having a friend who's behind her and supporting her. And then even like Lisa Kudrow and, uh, Will Forte, they're, uh, trying to be supportive parents, um, and trying to learn like what it means to be parents of a gay child. I mean, like they were only in for a little bit, but their scene was Absolutely great. Well, yeah, and you don't see, uh, and and the discussion of representation. I feel like if you want to look at what people want as far as representation in movies, I think it's the best way to do it. It was real. It was unique. It wasn't a standalone story. And with that, I'm going to flip it all the way over to something I saw as bad representation over the past couple weeks, and that is, I am watching the Connors. And the continuization of the Roseanne saga, Sans Roseanne. And over the past three weeks, and I think they figured, uh, finished it up last week, they had a story where Phil Coulson, or the guy who played Phil Coulson, and his wife were attempting to date Jackie and create a thruple. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, I thought it was going to be a one-episode arc. You know, like, oh, they're... You know, Jackie's going to be uncomfortable with this, and it will move on. It'll be one episode. Phil Coulson won't be there, and that's the end of it. But no, they took it through to two episodes, and I think they identified a polyamorous or a multi-person relationship fairly well through the whole thing up until, like, the very last stretch of this whole thing. They had gone on a couple dates, and when they were going to go back and they were going to have sex for the first time, the Colson character kisses Jackie and the wife comes out and she's really uncomfortable and they fight and they were doing this to save the marriage and it just ended right there. And so the discussion of representation, well, we have got good representation on one end, some old stereotypes run through. And that was one of my disappointments of watching the Connors. I was like, Oh, they're going to treat this like a real relationship, which there are numerous people, even friends of mine. I know that are in throuples who are real people and have real, feelings and real relationships but unfortunately they ended it with the same kind of gag so within a within a few days of each other i saw a great lesbian relationship displayed representation done well in the movie that you suggested book smart and then i saw a very disappointed representation of a thruple in the connors i knew it was always going to be played for laughs but I just, they, they just picked the lowest hanging fruit on it, and they didn't really give the relationship any kind of uh, real focus. Although I will say there is a great part where you get to see uh, the Osbournes, Ozzy and Sharon, in one of the episodes. So that was really fun. Yeah. Have you watched the Connors at all, Dave? Were you a no? Were you a Roseanne fan? Well, I was definitely a Roseanne fan, and um, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, on Roseanne was one of the first. Um, first times on network TV that there was a, a gay person who was there trying to seek a relationship and how Roseanne uh, reacted to one of her friends oh, coming on. Um, I know who you're talking about. The redhead. Yes. I, I, Sandra Bernhardt. Um, and um, how they represented her is just like, you know, I'm just looking for love and kind of like, 
you know, showing like, I'm just a, a normal person looking to find someone to love. And to hear that now they're attempting to um, put a, a, shine a highlight on like a polyamorous kind of relationship. Um, it's, it kind of is in that same vein um, that they were trying right. to uh, bring to light, you know, homosexuality in the 90s. So um, maybe it wasn't, uh, it didn't come out as you had hoped, but at least it kind of started the conversation, which is uh, that's something it, different. Yeah, like I said, they did two episodes. You know what I mean? It wasn't a one-off. It was, and I, I'm telling you, 90% of their representation was cool. The 10% was just the lowest hanging fruit at the end of it. It, it, it went back to anybody who's in a you know polyamorous or a multi-person relationship. It's just miserable with the person they're with, and nobody really wants to do it. It just it, it played out, and I was like, well, I, I didn't like the ending of it, but I like the representation. And so when people talk about representation, I really feel like we're seeing a lot of it now. Zoe Kravitz and... Um, uh, high fidelity, John. I don't remember John Cusack dating a guy. No, Zoe Kravitz yeah. definitely dated a woman. Cat. Her name was Cat. Yes. Her I just went through Kat, that, and it wasn't a gimmick. Once again, that's the difference. Is this? That's why I will say it was different. The thruple idea was clearly a gimmick and played as a gimmick. Homosexuality now in movies and television is not a gimmick anymore. It is just something somebody is. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, a snapshot of real humanity well what are you smoking today dave because but, we're not around each other so we don't get to see each other smoking but i don't know we're both smoking because we're wake and bacon what are you smoking today all right man i am going into my private stash i am going for some bubba fett from the light shade down on alameda and dayton and even though they rejected me because i had a fucked I up license like yeah they they still have really good shit so i'm smoking bubba fett it's a fine sativa for this early morning. Very nice. Very nice. I am smoking from Agati, and I am smoking Pineapple Express. Nice. Your and favorite movie. Sativa, Your favorite stoner movie. Day with. <laughs> so, I don't, have our, I don't have our outline in front of me because it wasn't printed out. What... Is next <laughs> Well, this is a special show, James, and I didn't actually create an outline. So, um, one thing I, I do want to just point out—I don't know if you've ever watched any Kirby Enthusiasm, but um, this this season is so unbelievably funny and so unbelievably—it's um, it, so uh, against how woke the the nation has become. Um, it's so inappropriate that it's it's cringy, but it's hilarious. So this, I want to definitely recommend that uh, folks watch Kirby Enthusiasm. Great show. I've always enjoyed it. I'm a couple. I'm like I think I've only got two seasons into it or three. But Larry David's hilarious. Yeah, and you don't even need to watch those other seasons. You can just pick up on this season, um, and you'll kind of get a gist of what's been going on. So you don't even have to go back. But this season is really great. Okay. I will definitely check that out. So, uh, if we were on an outline, uh, now is where we would find some sort of awkward transition to the coronavirus and how it is relating to pop culture, because uh, that's well, that's yeah, the story right now. Basically, man. our main thing of this episode was to talk about, and that's why it's just me and you, is we want to talk about coronavirus and... Uh, 
the change of it, I think, and, and it has, I mean, it's changed. We know it's changed the world, but yeah, let's talk about specifically in pop culture. And the first reference of pop culture that I see, because you haven't started seeing people locked in necessarily. So the first pop culture reference I think really shows up is I see it in commercials. Yeah, like it was weird to see um, within a week of us going into lockdown, like all the commercials have already been geared towards, hey, you're at home. Hey, we deliver. Hey, try this. Go here. Uh, Really trying to get people like, hey, you're already locked inside. Why don't you try this? And, oh, we have this service available for you. Yeah, no, I think that's the first real feeling. I, I don't feel like we've had a lot of protest songs or a lot of, like, I don't see a lot of music based out of it. Now, music is a huge part, and we'll get to that in a second, but the first real pop culture things that were created for uh, immediate consumption have definitely been commercials. I, it's food commercials. Food commercials more than anything. Like, uh, Red... Red Lobster actually, I think, started releasing commercials about Red Lobster to go because it's a relatively new thing for them right as this was happening. And so I thought, oh, how convenient that that worked out for them. But you're right. Now I'm seeing companies like Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A absolutely has commercials out like, yo, we're still here. You can't eat in our restaurants, but we love you. And we're (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. uh, Restaurant workers right now are really struggling. And so... You know, the the Chipotle's of the world, the Red Lobster's of the world who are like, hey, we offer free delivery now. Um, all the, the mom and pop restaurants who are really struggling, they offer those services as well, but they just can't advertise. Um, right. And so I have a friend who's up in, who owns a restaurant up in Highlands Ranch, and he's really struggling and trying to get hit the word out that he's still open and serving and and so I've been giving him a lot of love this week. So that is the Rusty Tap on County Line Road in Highlands Ranch. Um, but, you know. Well, let me do my shout out. I'm going to give a shout out to Anthony's, too, who is still open, who's been good enough at different times throughout our life. Uh, that has given, I have worked for them. My brother has worked for them, and my son works for them right now. Up until Tuesday, they are still open. He would still be there if it wasn't uh, for what's going on with my father and us needing to very much isolate ourselves. But yeah, they're still open too. And they're on 112th and Washington or Colorado out in Thornton. They're a great pizza place. It's not the Anthony's that are all over the state. It's a privately owned uh, restaurant. Mr. C is a, was a great owner and his sons take care of it. Great. So yeah, that's our shout outs for like places that are still open that, cannot advertise we will advertise for them on our little show here (laughs) yeah absolutely and um i think one of the good things is that the advertising that's being done it's like one is acknowledging that hey we're in this situation we're all kind of in it together but also kind of highlighting that um the restaurants are doing stuff to help uh you know bring a little bit of normalcy back to your life so whether it's deliver or curbside um it's really good. So go out and support your local restaurants. Yeah, no, definitely. I, and so the other thing that I noticed with pop culture and everything during this coronavirus is I'm going to say that this is 2020 will be known as the year where we learned what the inside of everybody's houses look like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody is filming from like Seth Meyers to Andrew Lloyd Webber to Yaya Mon to 
we're seeing the inside of everybody's house there you're seeing you're seeing rooms of my house you know everybody knows the studio and the original studio but i filmed from my bedroom the other day you know and i will probably be filming from the backyard this will be the year that we saw inside everybody's house yeah and uh most of the houses look pretty nice it's like the new wave of uh mtv cribs or something um but some of the the folks are like why did you choose that room to film in front of because your room is kind of a mess so if you're going to film your room make sure it's put together because you don't want people judging your room yeah seth meyer's first closer look he did it from a hallway and then he moved to a place where there was uh, books behind him because his team told him, like, don't do it in a hallway. It looks weird. <laughs> and they were right. It does look weird. You know, you definitely had to pick the room you're looking. When Mel and I did our shot, we definitely framed out the imagery of uh, behind us, you know, where it said Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. on the Disney pillow. Take the time. If you're going to communicate and make content during this time make sure you the area that you're in looks good yeah and that kind of brings me to the next point is so everybody is at home right now and uh like filming themselves from inside their houses well that has also spurred the internet and the live intimate concerts that you're starting to receive like all these musicians who should be out touring and promoting their music. They can't do that shit now. So they're you know putting the band together and holding full-on concerts, um, and there's nobody there. They're just playing for Facebook and for social media. Like um, on uh, St. Patrick's Day, uh, the Dropkick Murphys, I think they're the first to like have a full-on concert with nobody there and just being filmed. Um, they fucking did like an hour-and-a-half killer set, and it's broadcast to hundreds and hundreds of millions of people. So, like, now bands like Lamb of God, who um, did a recent concert, like, their last thing had almost, like, a million views. And so what better way to like, get in front of a captive audience and get a new audience than by doing these internet concerts? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have a friend of mine who does uh, local music here in Denver, and they were at Herman's Hideaway, and it was just them filming on the stage, and uh, they, uh, it's called their Flow Like a bu- Buffalo, and their concert was great, you know? Their concert was really, really good. It's a good way for people to get out there. I've had uh, some former Skipper friends who recorded, uh, and I was a, it was a pisser, I missed it, I wish I had been on it, but they recorded uh, the Jungle Cruise with a bunch of former and current cast members, and they all told jokes through it. I, I definitely think that you will see a lot of user-generated content over the next couple of months that are gonna. That's just gonna be great. You know, there's gonna be. We'll come out at the other end of this, and there'll be more content from actual Americans than uh, I think we've ever had. Like we're gonna have a rush on original content, and be it just that somebody playing at a piano, somebody talking, the confidentials that you and I do. Yeah, for those who don't know, James and I go on every day and we do the, the Corona Confidentials where we just chat a little bit about what we're up to, uh, what's going on in our lives, but also um, stuff that we're doing to, to pass the time. So video games, movies, TV shows, podcasts. I love talking about podcasts. And uh, right now, is podcast has never been a more popular medium, which we're hoping to bake right. off of. But... 
um, all these podcasters, they can do what like what James and I are doing right now, where you know one person can be in one house and the other host will be in the other, and they just rap like we're doing. And it, you know, there's some amazing content getting created right now. Yeah, yeah, and I think you'll continue to see. I think it's forcing people who are not necessarily comfortable in that environment to jump into it. You know, we work with Santori quite a bit, and one of the big things I told him, because he's locked out inside of uh, his house right now, I was like, you have to get in front of that camera. You need to get the live views, because there's something people like to see a person on the other end of the camera, especially if you have a friendship or relationship or or a like of it like i'll watch andrew lloyd weber play his piano even on songs i don't like because i like andrew lloyd weber i think he's cool you know i'll watch patrick stewart read a sonnet a day because patrick stewart is cool and it's it's seeing people's faces and i think that's one thing that you and i have done extremely well is we have made sure our faces is out during it and i think what you see everyone doing including us is you know we're we're sending out this shout of solidarity that like we're all in this thing together we're all locked in our own spaces i I think our social media and our facebook lives is america's version of going out on our patios and singing music you know and that's what i try to do with it i try to you know let people know that we care and we're still with that we're going through it with them and everything and so i think that's for some people we, we want the attention, but we also want people to know that, you know, we care and we're there and we do care. We care about our fans and the people who listen in for us. Yeah. And we want to, to also give them a little bit of a, a release because um, before uh, the coronavirus, Baby Yoda was the, the biggest news in the world. And then the coronavirus just took all that happiness away and became the, the largest story in the world. And everybody's inundated with coronavirus this and that and uh you know hopefully we're able to give people a little bit of a a break right right and we don't do it and we don't keep up when you watch our stuff we are not this will be the most we really talk about like this episode i think will be the most on any other confidentials or anything that we talk a lot about that we've talked a lot about the coronavirus directly because we don't want to necessarily be the ones who are like the death toll is up to this. A thousand people are telling you that. You know, we don't want you to ignore the problem, but we want you to have a distraction from it for 10 minutes, half hour, however long that, you know, our content can keep you distracted. We just want you to give you a slight distraction, you know, a slight case of normality. Yeah. And uh, who knows what the fuck normal is going to look like after a couple months. So this, I think we're, this might be the new normal. Yeah. Yeah, different versions of the new normal. You really were one of the last people who uh, got to go to Disney World. Do you know Disney World closed, what, a month after you left? No, man. They closed literally two weeks after I got home. Like, I went to um, Universal and Disney, hit them both, had such a great time. Um, At the time, the coronavirus is still uh, just starting to percolate throughout Europe and uh, into South Korea and, and Japan. But... I have been following this virus for months now. Uh, I run the Learn Me Science Facebook post, and I also am interested in pandemics. And so throughout my research, I saw that there was this virus that was um, in that was permeating Wuhan, China, that was from um, the crossover, a mutation of a virus that crossed over from an animal to a human, and that 
China was taking unprecedented measures by locking down millions and millions of people. But I knew that this type of virus would eventually get out. And then it did. Um, and I'd been following it. And when I was in Walt Disney World, I was like, man, it's just a, a matter of time before it gets to America and it starts to explode. And then while we were there, um, it the virus took hold in Seattle and then it just went rampant. And then like two weeks later, um, all the Disney and Universal Parks closed down for around the world, not just here in America, but around the world. Yeah, when you were there, I believe that China and China already had both their parks closed. Japan and France hadn't closed yet. They closed closer to us. But yeah, by, by the time you're already there, you're right. The China had already closed down their Disney parks. And it was, it, and because we weren't talking about it here <clears throat> on a on a you know national level, the concept that Disney uh, would close down its parks uh, in America was not something anybody was considering. But now it's been closed for almost a month. Yeah, it's been closed for a little bit. But this, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this right back around to our pop culture conversation. So. I've been watching a lot more YouTube than I have been. And I, I know you watch a bunch of YouTube, and my kid is all about YouTube, but I really don't. Um, but there are so many awesome videos that, one, are um, created by just like regular creators who do these like um, POV shots of walking through the parks, um, of going on rides. And then other like the actual Disney company and Universal are starting to put out their own YouTube content like hey remember these great rides here's what it looks like to be on this ride so you can relive your experience uh, and get uh, get a little bit more of an intimate look at these different rides and stuff even though you're at home at YouTube it's not the same thing but um, there's so many YouTubers out there that like let's go walk through Universal and you're like oh I was just there that's great yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there are some that uh, we actually were watching. Me and the family were, were watching uh, Splash Mountain the other day and uh, doing the 4K ride through on that. That was great, you know. And then at the end of it, my youngest son sprayed us all with the kitchen hose. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a pretty funny ending to that. But I, I definitely do enjoy that. And there are some that um, – those rides don't exist anymore so like you know because i'm i am an ultimate disney nerd if you want an interesting thing and to see how they used to do things they have a ride through of world of motion which was the old school that was ran by gm and it was all about how we are we've changed the travels from like sailing to flying to cars to wheels and then uh the other one is Horizons, which was one of my absolute favorite rides ever in Epcot Center, and it no longer exists. It's actually going to uh, – it became the Mission Space Building. and uh, That's a great ride, so by the way. Those are two, oh, Mission Space? Yeah. Mission Space is tough, though, for me. It made me nauseous. Yeah, it's not for the faint of heart, but it was a fun no. ride for sure. Yeah, YouTube, but YouTube, I'm, I'm a huge fan. You're right. I do watch a lot of YouTube. And the great thing I the great thing about YouTube is the use of their algorithms. And I'll be quite honest, once you watch enough YouTube, it starts suggesting things for you. And uh, so I like the way they use their algorithms. I, I, I find new things because YouTube suggested to me because they know what I like to watch. Yeah, and... Um... 
like I said, I, I don't really watch a lot of YouTube, but I have been, and I'm even starting to develop. Like, I like this particular guy, and I like this guy's, um, what this guy's show is about. Like, I watch a lot of Mario Maker shows because I love, I absolutely love Mario Maker uh, two for the Nintendo Switch. We're playing a shit ton of it now, uh, but I really like watching these these kids you know for lack of a better term these kids playing mario maker 2 and doing these like super hard levels and stuff you know i get enjoyment out of watching that so this is like the golden age of youtube generated content yeah and i think people who dismiss youtube as a media ground and it may and you aren't necessarily dismissing it but i think people who don't look at youtube as a a form of media, or at least like a form of media in the way that television or streaming services are, are truly missing out on some wonderfully smart, well-done content. And a lot of it is communication like what you and I do, but a lot of it is, you know, I mean, people create entire shows, you know, entire networks. There's great documentaries. If you want documentaries, YouTube has a broad variety of documentaries on anything you want. Yeah, I yeah, I'm really kind of uh, getting into the the full YouTube potential. Uh there is a lot of videos though, man. There are lots of videos. It's hard to stand out on YouTube. That is true. That is true. You definitely need to uh to, to find your niche, but you find the people that do are pretty are pretty darn interesting and you can watch them grow over time. There are certain channels that I didn't start watching. Uh, Matt Bauman, I think, is the, this guy's name that I just started watching. And what he does is he uh, talks about homosexuality representation in pop culture through television and movies and how it was more of a – that with uh, so much video we have that we really have a snapshot of – general straight culture's belief uh, about homosexuality at that time in our lives. And they, you know, talk about episodes of Maud or they move up to married with children or things like that. But I just started watching him recently, but he's been doing his channel for about five to six years. So it's interesting. I'll watch new videos and they'll suggest these old videos that are four or five years old. And it's interesting to watch these people grow as far as production is concerned and everything as their channel grows. Yeah, so I, I think it's a, a really cool uh, medium. Uh, I agree with you. It is definitely the redheaded stepchild of visual content. But, um, yeah, if someone like me who was kind of uh, resistant to getting into YouTube stuff, if I can start getting into it, I'm sure there's something for everybody out there. Yeah, you, you just... Let's... Look for things that you enjoy. If you, if you're one of those like, if you like torture porn or mur- murder porn, you know, really like they would talk about it on uh, South Park. You know that murder porn where a wife kills her husband and things like that. If you like things from ID, basically, if you like the ID channel, you can find just as good of things on YouTube, if not better. Yeah, I and one of the things that I really also love watching is all the the concerts. I love I love music, and so trying to go back and watch concerts from like the 1980s uh, Talking Heads or 1976 uh, Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Um, there's concerts for everybody. And so being able to go back and just relive those concerts or see those concerts, you know, that really is one of the things I enjoy the most. Yeah. 
Uh, you know what I nerdily do sometimes is because people keep posting things on there. I will randomly look at the Jungle Cruise to see if, because I know that, you know, I probably did 300 to 400 trips around that Jungle Cruise, and a lot of them recorded. And I know there is a potential in some time that, boom, somebody's uploading their trip, their vacation from Disney World in 2001, and I could be the guy on the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, so that's funny. That's the weird thing, and I, and I do that to concerts, and I do that to other places that I've been. I try to see, I'm like, well, I was there at that time. Can I see myself? I have yet to see myself in any places, though. Yeah, uh, me neither, but uh, actually, I will say, there is, when we were in high school, James, there was a meningitis scare at our school. Like right. a, a couple students got really sick. One of them passed away. And so we were all forced to take these like weird anti-meningitis pills. And I was on the news as one of the people that was taking these pills. And that story ran for a long time. Like every time there was another meningitis thing, they would pull up this old footage and so, like, I went back in, and I was able to find the, the news clip from Channel 4 of the Rangeview meningitis thing where I'm taking pills on the news. Nice. Yeah, nice. that's pretty. You found it on YouTube? Yeah, I did. I'll see yeah, if I can. I'll try to uh, post that link. YouTube is great. Yeah, and also, the only, the only problem with YouTube is, like, everything goes on YouTube. So if you do something really fucking stupid... Um, it's going to eventually be on YouTube and it's going to be there for everybody to see, um, down the road. So, uh, just make sure what you're putting out there is, uh, something you'll want to still have out there in 20 years. Maybe what we need to do as a different show, looking forward to this season, since you'll be home for a while and you've just came into YouTube, maybe we'll do a whole YouTube show. Cause there are a lot of things. I watch commercials. I watch Commercials from the 70s, 80s, 90s, sometimes even the 60s. They have people upload entire commercial blocks, like three hours of them. And my family thinks I'm crazy for doing it, but I'm like, you gotta understand, this is another good time capsule of pop culture. This tells you how they advertise to us what we thought was important, how everything is supposed to look. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, pop culture would be a fun uh, episode for us to chat about, or uh, YouTube is pop culture. Yeah. Um, I want to circle back real quick. Um, I'm trying to wrap everything all together in this nice little bow. Um, so one of the other shows I've been watching is based off of your recommendation, which also has to do with going to Walt Disney World. But that Imagineering show on Disney Plus was the first show I binged when people started getting locked down. And that was a great fucking show, man. So cool. Isn't it? No, absolutely. Just seeing how much passion that Walt Disney put into uh, into his parks and then how they were able to carry that same vision even to today and just having gone to Rise of the Resistance, um, seeing how much work they put into it and how um, dedicated and how visionary they were to creating it. Oh, yeah. No, I love the Imagineering Story. It was the first of their original content that I watched all the way through. I will watch it again. It's a great story because it's a great – because the story itself is good. You know what I mean? The growth of the story itself is good and how serious these people take it. Like when Joe Brody, uh, the guy with the long earrings and everything, and he developed Animal Kingdom, when they talked about how him and his crew traveled all around all of these countries to get colors and designs and – there are a lot of things about that show that is very, very enjoyable. 
Yeah, so I definitely recommend that. Uh, you know, probably one of the best shows that Disney Plus has put out. I agree. I agree. I would watch another season of that. I they, I, they should have had more prepared because it was it's every episode of that is a great episode. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with any of those episodes. And to tie it back to YouTube real quick, if you like that, look up Defunct Land because it's not just Disney, but it's all theme park. Defunct Lands is like defunct land like defunct rides and everything you'll love it dave you'll love it defunct land you have to look up defunct land um one of the things i'm also really loving about right now is that all these movies all these blockbuster movies that were slated to come out are dropping and they're dropping right into your house uh i mean there are so many movies to watch right now like you were talking about onward um what else uh Star Wars is coming out early, but then, like, new movies that were supposed to drop, like Birds of Prey just came out. Um, right. The Invisible Man. Invisible Man. I heard Invisible Man is terrific, and uh, I I'm, can't wait to go see that. But like, all these blockbusters are dropping right now. So I think it, my perspective on this is, like, now we're going to see, like, less studios investing in movies that are going into theater. I think they're, we're going to see major blockbusters just dropping straight into your streaming. I had read an article. I, I would agree with that to a certain degree because I had read an article about, I want to say like three months ago when they were coming out with Disney+. Plus, they were saying, you know, Disney's the biggest studio out there in the world and they own Fox and all these other studios. They can really kill the theater industry because they have enough content that they can release their uh, movies that they would release in the theater onto Disney Plus, and they're making more money because you're guaranteeing that that person's going to pay $6 a month versus them picking and choosing which movies they make. And I think that after this coronavirus is over, you'll see their first big test of that by, my prediction is they will release Black Widow both in the theaters and on Disney Plus at the same time. Yeah, I just wish that the, the new movies would come down a little bit in price. Uh, like I was saying about Star Wars, like it's definitely fine to pay five bucks for it, but I'm not going to pay twenty bucks. And it, you know, if you drop a movie in, I'm less inclined to watch your movie if you're going to offer it for twenty dollars right off the bat. If they brought it down to ten dollars, you get forty eight hours, and then it goes away, um, or you can buy it if you want to. I think they should have that option, but um, like a lot of these movies, I'm kind of turned off on at that twenty dollars price tag. Yeah, they have, well, they have to work on their price point. That's a definitive thing. Is once they get their price point under control, you will see more blow up. But there could be a shit ton of people paying that twenty five, Dave. So we may be stuck at that number for a while. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that was a good show. It was a different way of doing a show. Uh, we will be doing another show here in two weeks. I think we'll be back to video. We should hopefully have Chris with us, maybe even Nancy, like live streaming, uh, like Chris would be as well, maybe Santori, but definitely Dave and I. And uh, we will. what we told you the rest of the season is going to be about may not be what the rest of the season is going to be about. Corona is shaking everything up. So yeah, we, we will some... give you a heads up, but if nothing else, you can see us every single day. Dave and I are doing something on the Mile High Podcast page on Facebook. While you're at it, like the Truckee Pacific page, because some content will be moving on there, because 
we can't have pot on top of everything. Uh, and we have Santori's page to check out in the nerd corner. Chris just built a computer yesterday, which is going to let us do our video things a lot faster. So check out the nerd corner on Twitch. I gave a bunch of shout outs there. Dave, is there anyone that I'm forgetting? Is there a shout out that you want to make? Yeah. So oh. a couple of shouts. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I know because you're about to record something later today. I'll let you do the shout out, but I, I know what I, one of the ones I forgot. Go ahead. So, What's the one you forgot? Okay, the nerd, uh, the dive bar. Dave will be recording a brand new episode today with Chris Pace. Yeah, so Chris and I are going to do another remote show, so this is great uh, practice for that show as well. And we're going to talk about the different shows we watched as kids. Uh, we're doing a two-part series of shows we watched as kids versus the shows that we watch now. Um so that'll be, uh, we're going to record this this afternoon, and then I'll be dropping both of these shows probably later tonight. Um, yeah, we're doing the, James and I are doing the Corona Confidentials, and uh, I haven't really been plugging my, my writing at all, and, and James really encouraged me to go for it. So um, I, I am an author of uh, a series called The Race Through Space. Uh, I just finished the, the most recent book, and I'm editing it now, but I have several books out right now, uh, Race Through Space, uh, Event Horizon. I have the Christmas Roast, my holiday horror audiobook and uh, novella, and then uh, the rest of my Race Through Space. So there you go. Available on Amazon as well as Audible for the audiobooks. Nice. Nice, Dave. Yeah, no. And people should take this time now that we're in quarantine to pick up the lost art of reading because it is a wonderful art you know the weather is getting good here in colorado and there's nothing i love better to do is on a nice crisp afternoon to sit out on a patio and read a book so yeah man and i'm glad you shared that that's huge i'm glad go check out dave's book and like keep a lookout for us because we're going to be in your faces every day going forward and we'll have another podcast in a couple weeks all right all right, thanks, guys. Right, I hope you know, stay healthy, stay happy, um, stay inside, drop that curve, and uh, special shout out to all the healthcare workers, restaurant workers, uh, Starbucks partners, um, gas station workers, and especially the grocery workers. Uh, we're all considered essential, so you know, be healthy out there, and thank you guys for all your hard work. Thank you all. This has been a Truckee Pacific production. For sponsorship inquiries and comments, go to the Mile High Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah.